Well, you know that's why you have to go out there and frog blow multiple times when it's that kind of frog. You can't just go out at the end and try to frog blow it all at once. You can't just sit at the window and watch the kids play. <laughs> you know how this works, Samuel. <laughs> And then it's going to get mixed up with the stick bugs. And then what do you got? Welcome to Episode 266. You like six? Six is good. I like six. You got a problem with six? <laughs> I'm Mike. I'm Craig. And here we are. And I'm looking for six. 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 I'm looking for, well, actually, no, Chevy says I'm looking for sex, doesn't he? Because that's how it's pronounced in German when they're on a European vacation and he walks up to the old lady's house. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he says, hi, I'm looking for sex. <clears throat> I think she slaps him. It's been a long time since I watched that oh. one because that's the worst one. Yeah. Um, but that's okay. We can watch uh, Vacation and Christmas Vacation and enjoy those. That's true. They are much, much better. Uh, maybe our guest has an opinion on the vacations. In the year of our Lord, 1506, we set sail from the cold bay of Port. Ahoy, Jim. How be <laughs> All right, I'm going to shoot you pirates at range. Gentlemen, 200 yards out, load full shot. <laughs> Pirate speak, pirate speak. That's not even September. <laughs> I know. When, when's that? Is it the, the 17th? Not the 19th, I want to say. Something like that. Yeah. International talk like a pirate day. Can I get international talk like a British ship post captain day? Sure, that can be today. <laughs> April 22nd. <laughs> sure, why not? Yeah, two days after 420, great. <laughs> 420 is barely still feel- a thing anymore. Still feeling the effects, huh? <laughs> oh no 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 now 420 now 420 is is officially this is sort of the thing i was heavily 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 into kiss oh. when <laughs> i was in uh like junior high sure kiss was the thing that was the coolest thing i met because they had fire and explosions and spit blood big long <laughs> tongues every i i don't know i didn't quite know what to do with that they sang a song called lick it up yeah, that was later. That was later. I was I'm right, destroyer right. era kiss alive okay, to kiss. Sorry, sorry. I'm calling Doctor Love on you. Okay, there um, we go. And and so I had all that going on. I knew Kiss was over when the fourth graders got into it. Oh, yeah. you know, because then you're like, oh, now it's now it's not totally sweet and cool. Um, and I feel the same way about 420 Day. Now old people are aware of it. Yeah, you're not revolutionary when your mom is making 420 jokes <laughs> oh it better eat these brownies before they go bad well that's the that's the you know i've made that comparison sort of with uh the the radio show that we all listen to at some point or another which yeah, is when, when bob and brian about... the guys in their 50s when they're making jokes about second life you know the online avatar community that means second life is done <laughs> when, when they're aware of it it's over well, there's two layers on that, right? Because first, they were if they were younger, they wouldn't be into it. Because they've been making they were making hard fun of Gen Con when it was in Milwaukee. Right. You know, they were on the air talking about anybody seen any of the hobbits? 
Okay. <laughs> they no, just don't good. like just anything. Keep them, keep keep them east to keep them east to Thirty Fifth Street was always their line. Yeah. Well, and I, and I've learned I've learned that if Bob um, doesn't like the movie, I'm going to love it. Yep. I will absolutely love it because he hates everything <laughs> I love. <laughs> well, see, so you have a touchstone. That's yeah. good. <laughs> But so I yeah I was I was getting a series on my Facebook feed of people that are well older than I am cracking 420 jokes. And I'm going, "Okay, so that's over. Very good." <laughs> yeah, now it's like a it's a well it's the Columbine anniversary, so the uh the kids have figured out that they can get a free day off of school if they pretend to be politically uh active. We're not going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and here's the other thing for me. I I and, can't and, speak to that because I have not grown up as a child post Columbine. It's a completely different cor- mindset. I can't claim to understand. Well, according how to they my, look at what school can be like. According to my nephew, who is in high school, it's just an excuse to get well, off. Your of nephew is a turd, then? No, no, no. <laughs> He's talking about the kids at school. Oh, so himself. the people that he hangs around with think that. That doesn't mean that every you know. It, it's an incredibly small sample size you're working Whatever. with there. It's it's a sample. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well, I, I absolutely take Craig's point. Uh, I don't know if I've made this point on the show, but um, I had some of the youth council kids here in Milwaukee ask me to explain Rodney King to them mm-hmm. because they had no living memory of it. They that the riots, all that is actual history to them. Yeah. Yeah. And and capital H and teach I, it in school. Right. Right. That's stuff you got to learn in a book. And I went whoa yeah and uh see for me if you want to get some some meta context on this 420 when people started celebrating 420 and i heard that that was a thing i freaked out a little bit because my immediate association of 420 it's hitler's birthday oh jeez oh that's right <laughs> whoa i did see that and on I twitter went, too <laughs> and i went and i and i'll i'll i'll, I'll tell this quick story that I had a guy that I knew, and you'll note, I am not calling him a friend, <laughs> uh, who I was getting my master's degree with at Marquette. And he said to me, hey, we're all getting together on April 20th for the birthday party. Oh, boy. Down at this place. And I went, uh, birthday party. And I went, what? No, no, I'm good. Thanks. Thanks. I've had all the cake I need for a while. That's I'm good. And, you know, these were so so I've got a lot of really scary. So when people came to me and said 420, I went, what you doing? What? Oh, oh, pot. Oh, Good. Fine. Oh, OK. That's that's yeah. better. That's that's altogether better. And that's an, you know, pretty much unsubstantiated rumor that why it's on 420. Of course, because that was well, supposedly that was the time in the afternoon when the kids were all going to go meet somewhere at one particular uh school in some city probably in california i don't know you could perhaps <laughs> instead celebrate the birthday of napoleon the third oh yeah yes, yes, I was, yes well and that was another point i was going to make was that you can pick any day <laughs> i know on it's the like, calendar and find multiple that's things what i'm that... that's what i'm looking at i'm like who else <laughs> Ooh, hmm. okay you know they, there's always you know today is national blah 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 day you know today is national eat a eat a pumpkin pie day yeah, I've right? got a, but it's I've got also like six other national do something days. I've got mm-hmm. a I've got a friend on Facebook who takes it as her job to list them every day. Awesome. She so you know, because like, <laughs> she's she's a public service. 
that's actually kind of interesting. I would like to um, be friends with that person so I th- that I had that information and didn't have to look it up. Happy birthday, Jessica Lang. Aw. Kong's coming, Kong. She's 69. <laughs> as long as we're making jokes about numbers. Nice. <laughs> uh, happy birthday, Andy Circus. Hey. Wow. Mr. Motion Capture. And speaking of hobbits. Okay, here we go. Mike, set me up. Happy birthday, George Takai. <laughs> um, really? Oh, yeah, no. Oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> I, think, I was like, what's his catchphrase? Joey Lawrence. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Oh, yeah. Is he still bald? I mean, he shaves his head. <laughs> right. So, yes, he's bald. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't He doesn't make enough. Uh, he's not, not a uh, big enough celebrity to make enough money to get the... Uh, the plugs. Know, there's <clears throat> plenty of celebrities that shave the old noggin. Yep. Anywho. Like Jeff Bezos. <laughs> oh, God. Sure. That dick. He that could... dickhead. <laughs> who has a head that looks like a dick. You suck, Jeff Bezos. Oh, boy. Oh. He could... Hey, hey. He, <laughs> making me he, cough. He could round up villages of Thai children and shave their heads and put them on his scalp with the money he's got. I'm irritated with Amazon right now. Two, two days shipping my ass. <laughs> oh. You know they've never failed me? Not once. Oh my god, they fail every third shipment gets delayed for some stupid reason. I cannot really? count on my two-day prime shipping anymore. Oh, really? No. Yeah. And I thought it was what? it was going to get bad when they started relying heavily on the, the postal service, but now they've got this Amazon logistics, and who the hell knows who those people are, but they can't <laughs> do dick right. <laughs> Wow. Even though their leader has a head that looks like one. Now, where, where's the nearest Megaplex, uh, Amazon Mega Complex? There's no excuse. There's like, I don't know how many around here. Because huh. we've got the Mega Complex down in Kenosha. And I've just sort of assumed that that, is, that, that, that has assisted me because uh, my wife is involved. She, in fact, she's the president of the board of Optimist Theater that does Shakespeare in the Park here. Sure. And um, they are a smile.amazon.com recipient. So, you know, if you do smile, you can pick them. And so, yes, we've been buying all our things through Amazon as much as is possible. What, what does that mean, smile.com? They, 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 smile.amazon.com is their charitable thing where they, if you buy an eligible product, they will contribute a portion of the proceeds to the charity of your choice. Oh, it's not like a, a, a dentistry for children or fi- fixing hair lips. No, no, not that. Although, it's although I'm sure there is a specific. charity. <laughs> yeah, there's. There, I'm sure there's no, probably one the of those smiley charities, face no. on the back of their. Yeah, vests. I know, but I was trying to take it a step further. Yeah, but you were yeah, ruining no, it's it not by that. doing that. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's kind of my thing. It's on his business card. It's one of my moves. Mike. (laughs) Mike Brock, ruiner of things. (laughs) Right underneath adequate and worst person in the world. Entirely (laughs) adequate, ruiner of things. Ooh. I could get my own, like, uh, uh, Daenerys kind of chain of uh, descriptors going. Sure. Like the whole, the whole run up, run up of titles that, like, a, a, uh, a ruler has with all their this and that's. I remember those from the Renaissance fair days. Lizzie, sure. had, Lizzie had a whole long string of them mm-hmm. that whenever she got introduced, when we did the court queen stuff, the first, there you go, go first for queen it. Of the Britons, first queen of the Britons to bear that name from the Orcade Isles to the mountains, Pyrenees. 
England, Ireland, Scotland, and Wales, and that the title goes on from there. And of course, then you would every so often get somebody in the in the crowd. This was always the best, Jim. You've witnessed this once or twice, I'm sure. Even though you, well, you were on court for a while before you became the bad guy. Um, yes, Mary Kababik, who played the queen for many, many years. That's a great name. Yeah, but she played the queen, and she she played Queen Elizabeth, and she knew her stuff. And one of the titles in there is, you know, Queen of Blah Blah Blah, including Ireland. And there would always be every once a summer, there'd be some jag in the audience who th- thought they knew more about Ireland <laughs> and free Ireland and all the history behind all of that stuff historically, modern day, historically, everything else. And and they'd go off. And one time I saw when they caught Mary on the wrong fucking day and she dressed that guy down with a history lesson, <laughs> took him oh, yeah. apart for five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the worst one I ever saw, and and Craig, I remember, well, you'll remember, I sort of got into it because I knew this was coming for us like a heat-seeking missile when Braveheart <laughs> came out. <laughs> right. I, I, I heard the lock tone on our fair because I knew, uh, to borrow the line from Hot Fuzz, we have got to deal with this or we're going, What I think the actual line is, we have to stop the human statues because otherwise we'll be up to our balls and jugglers. <laughs> right. <laughs> First two mustachulars, then there's jugglers everywhere. Yeah, That's and how they the ruin same. the town. <laughs> and, I just, and I just knew, and sure enough, we were just lousy with kilts that year. Oh, yeah, after Braveheart. Ooh. Yeah, and, and her madge was coming sideways, and there was this one guy that had brought five of his loaded buddies, mm. and they were all walking around doing the freedom (laughs) sounding far more like Sylvester Stallone than William Wallace. (laughs) And at one point, Mary stopped the horse during the parade. She's on a horse. (laughs) The parade keeps going. She's at the end of the parade. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Everybody else keeps walking. (laughs) And she turns and just (laughs) looks at this guy. She didn't even say anything to him. She just stared dead because these dudes I gathered later had followed her a lot. You know, the, the, the parade at the Renaissance fair makes this huge circuit around the entire freaking site. And um, so these guys had cut to different spots to, you know, to try to maximize the nuisance they're making of themselves. And she finally had had it and just stared death at this guy. And he, there was shrinkage. There was definite <laughs> shrinkage. His testicles undescended. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, good, good yeah. Time. There's fun moments like that too. There's you know every so often I was I was with uh, one year when I was in court. At the end of the day, the queen's walking around doing all this stuff, and it's mostly just like PR. Like she, this is her time to be out, and she can go talk to people and the patrons and da da da. And she's got like this whole little entourage with her, including guards and including an escort and a bunch of ladies and two gentlemen pensioners, which is like the gentlemen of the court would be outfitted with your phony sword, um, or your stage weapon or whatever, and you'd go out and you'd play the part, and you know, because you the the queen is only the queen if everybody acts like she's the queen, so she has to have the the entourage with her. And uh, some guy came up and was, you know, hey, because he was uh, dead, dead drunk and hey, sexy and crapping his crotch and whatnot at her and like came like walking like hard, like right toward her was going to like, like, I don't know, grab her, kiss her and dip her. I don't know what he was planning, 
but all the people with weapons like immediately just like forward right in front of this wow. guy's face and whoop <laughs> up went the testicles Whoa. <laughs> all of his buddies were laughing at him and yeah good stuff anyway you ready over there mike i think grabber kisser and dipper is a way you can have your hash browns at waffle house <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> grabbed kissed and dipped what's news mike well, it's April still. Yeah. It's our last episode for April. So uh, our last chance to uh, let you know uh, that April is STD Awareness Month. So go get your junk checked, kids. Ah! And follow Scabby Beaver at Scabby Beaver on Twitter. <laughs> Do you have followers? Just Other than just, me? Just you. <laughs> yep. Scabby the STD beaver. Scabby yes, the STD beaver. Warning you. He's real now. Telling you, say, hey, get your get your stuff looked at. Yes, because this is the month to do it. There's super gonorrhea spreading fast in Britain or somewhere. <laughs> no, Australia. I'm sorry. Super spreading fast super in Australia. Gonorrhea? It is super gonorrhea. It is uh, immune to all routine antibiotics oh, and it's feared to be spreading. Oh, it is in the UK. So it's in uh, Australia and the UK. That's interesting. Well, I think it would be in all places in between. It, it, <laughs> No, it just it, it was started in Australia and then it <clears throat> zipped over there faster than a speeding bullet. Or it started in, because the, in the UK and because it, it's super gonorrhea. And it zipped over to Australia with uh, some prisoners. Oh, do they not do that anymore? Jeez. How about celebrity death news? We've got multiple. Oh no. Who wants to go first? We've mostly laid off this so far this year. But we've got yeah. they, they come in threes. <laughs> <laughs> I've got two, and I know Jim yeah. has one. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I we'll roll, I into, we'll roll into Jim. Let me know. Let's start with Mike. What do you got? Who? 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 Well, first, who, who first died? was Harry Anderson. Yeah. Do yeah. we have a Do we have a cause of death yet on him? No, no, we have not. Uh, it's strange. I mean, the guy, sixty-five is yes. far from old. Yeah, he was uh, living in Asheville, North Carolina. Nice, chill place to live. Maybe it's all a trick. You think? You think it's a it's a it's a magic it's a, trick? Maybe it's, it's an illusion. That's true because he is a, was a magician. Still, the, uh, still possibly is a magi- still possibly, is magician. It's a, he's a Schrodinger's ma- magician. <laughs> Maybe he, he is both is and was until we know. Two uh, two two Harry Anderson thoughts. Number one, I sort of well, I got to meet him and I sort of know him. Uh, Chris Ivanovich, the magician at Fair, uh, was friends with him, and just a just a first order gentleman. Um, funny gentle uh tall really tall guy how tall really because i always you know assumed you assume he's short because you see him standing next to john larroquette and richard mall on night court who are like six five and six eight yeah yeah and i think they're yeah they're in that he's he he's could like in he between could go them? with them or just just I, shy of that i think i think he's close to closer to larroquette yeah right but yes yeah, six four six five because i saw a picture of him standing with with chris and yeah he's towering in that picture um, but the, the, the other thing is he's part of, I hold up night court and always will as sort of my grail show because of the guy who produced it and wrote it and directed it because after that show became the monster hit that it was, and he made tens of millions mm-hmm. of dollars, he quit. Yeah. He went away. He went, Oh, I'm done. Thanks, Hollywood. I did my thing. And bought a, and bought a dairy farm in Iowa. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We've talked about, uh. Uh, Reinhold, Reinhold Wiege. Wiege, that's right. 
Um, yes, and 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 uh, Harry Anderson's character on on Night Court was Judge Stone, not Judge Reinhold, <laughs> as I always I... <laughs> get jumbled up in my head. Yes, and I was like the Reinhold, I, and I went looking because I loved Night Court and I really dig Harry Anderson, and I'm you know it's it's sad that he's gone. I went looking, and I was like, oh come on, Night Court's got to be somewhere to watch, right? Netflix, no, no, no. Hulu, no. We got to buy it on Amazon. Amazon. No. So. So Craig bought the second season of Amazon uh, of a really? record on Amazon yesterday, and I've watched like eight episodes so far. Oh, man, man, that's a good show. Does oh, yeah. it hold up? It is oh, yeah. so good. Love that, that show. If that is if there's a show that is like a masterclass in one-liners, that's it. All you got to do is watch John Larroquette and uh, Selma Davis. Everything comes out of their mouth <laughs> is one-liner gold. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Larrakat has like the, the the DA stuff where he you know he does the whole joke about why the person's being prosecuted or you know arrested for something. But he has a lot of great one liners, and Selma is spectacular. <laughs> Here's you know, something. Are... Unfortunately, she's going to die in a couple of seasons because <laughs> uh-huh. they they, they, sh- they went through a couple of older lady bailiffs before yeah. they settled on Roz. Later, they decided they weren't going to hire another old lady <laughs> to stand next to Bull. Anyway. He, he, that show was written, you know. There's a lot of shows today that I wonder who's actually writing them, but that show was written joke for joke, line for line, and uh, and it shows up on screen. You're absolutely right. And it's one of those shows that it's got that great ensemble cast, but it is it is clearly Harry's show. Yep, yep. Like, like that, the the heart of that show is in is in Harry Anderson. I, I would be lying if I didn't say that there wasn't just a little bit of time where we try, where I would watch a little bit of Night Court before we went to Court of Common Pleas. <laughs> For the record, there's an episode during the second season of Night Court where a kid is on there, and he's a little geeky kid who doesn't have any friends who uh, has a laptop computer, such as they were in 1985. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the size of a briefcase. No, no, no. It's like a little tiny thing. Just the screen is like this little flip-up thing. It's like three inches tall. It's teeny. Oh, really? Yeah. In 85? I guess so. Okay. I think so, right? 84 to 93, the, th- the show ran. Anyway, um, he boasts, boasts that, the sh- the, that that computer has a oh, 16-bit boy. CPM and 64K of RAM. And he's, and he's really smug about it. <laughs> What's the uh, what was the number that the famous Bill Gates quote where he said nobody's ever going to need more than this much RAM six hundred six hundred and forty k was that what it was <laughs> yep yeah my my phone has like your watch four gigs <laughs> your watch and it's a wind up watch sixty four k of RAM in it <laughs> Pro- probably <laughs> little <clears throat> thing that controls the backup anyway who next. Um, Rest in peace, Harry. Yes. Last night we or yesterday, uh, we yeah. lost Vern Troyer. That's that's um, going to be a sad one because he was he was a mess. Oh yeah, he, his his whole life got kind of messed up at the end there. It's very sad. Oh, he was he was apparently an alcoholic, and he had he's been at the. I'm not sure if this is updated yet or not, but the thing I read said he was he's been in the hospital since earlier this month on life support. That's not surprising. He's, oh, he's had a lot of problems. And then Jim, <laughs> don't giggle like that. What are you doing, man? I, I'm sorry. 
Uh, no, I think he'd want us to laugh. I, that's, that's true. We lost our we lost Arlie Ermy, yep. um, earlier in the week, and seventy two good run for Gunny. And I, I will the the thing that I wanted to say is here is an example, and I was trying to think of others, and there aren't too many of a guy who did one thing, and it's of course the opening sequences. And the the some of the later moments in the first half of Full Metal Jacket, and made himself immortal. Yep. I mean, this guy is never going to. There, I just don't see a generation. And I have a fr- I have a friend here. He's a he is a performing poet, and we made a point that there is almost an element of poetry to how great that opening scene in Paris Island is. And then when you realize that. He was not supposed to be the gunny in that yeah, movie. That's the great, he was that's the, the great story. He's the advisor. They brought right. him in and because and that, they, because he did that. <laughs> right. He was a gunner research. And they were watching the actor that they had doing it, and he apparently sucked. <laughs> and and so they turned the camera on and let Gunny go. Now they didn't let him do it in a stage situation because you can't shoot a film that way and Stanley Kubrick was never going to do that. But Kubrick had him go with a test group. He went for according to some of the stories I've read, 2 hours just doing this without, into a camera. With, right, without repeating himself. Without right. just falling back into the same comments over and over. Yeah. He, he had had quite the repertoire to pull from, apparently. <laughs> he had a career of repertoire <laughs> yeah. to pull from. Well, and that's it. It's that, to your point, he had done this. Yep. 10,000 hours yep. of expertise, baby. <laughs> <laughs> he could have gone for another hour. It's a one-trick pony, but boy, it's a pretty cool trick. And it was so cool and so memorable. Uh, you know, I've watched Full Metal Jack. I mean, I would love to see this statistic from Netflix. Because Full Metal Jacket is forever on there. How many people watch Full Metal Jacket? And how many people watch all of Full Metal Jacket? Right. right. How many watch to the halfway point? <laughs> to the point where Private Pile puts a puts a Full Metal Jacket into his cranium. And you know. there's our title. End of the movie. Roll credits. End of the movie. And yeah. we're done. You know, no. that nobody goes on to the rest of the movie. Which so is, the, uh, is, is pretty good. Me love you long time. Nerdburger. Nobody, nobody goes to the "Me love you long time." Yeah, uh, Trobo Coup. Trobo Coup. Yeah, well, and, they only and, they only watch Act One. Yeah, there's a th- it's a three act story. And Adam Baldwin is Animal Mother, and who, whose character I love, but and nobody watches that because that's just so memorable. And everything else he did was that. I love Mail Call. I watch it. I've seen every episode. Um, he got a part in the Toy Story movies. <laughs> he was the he was a Green the, Army man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, who else are you gonna make? You know, come on. We already learned. Don't let anybody but Arlie Ermy do it. Uh, you he, know, and, he was and it, the go-to. And it's just like you say, just do, just do one thing really, really well, and you just never know when it's gonna catch fire. No, he was an absolutely original character. And that's what, and I think more than anything, that's what we responded to. Is that we had never seen anything like this. And he tore up the screen. We all, and and we're, we're going to be quoting those lines. My, you know, my kid will be quoting those lines. His kids, they're going to be around. They're just not going to fade. 
And uh, so, so RIP Gunny. Hoorah. All right. Anything? What else we got here? Moving along. Well, we uh, not only is today two days after 420. <laughs> okay. It's Earth Day. Happy, happy day, Earth. Happy your day. Happy your day. Yes, and from the San Francisco Chronicle. Oh well. Yeah, ours. I was going to ask you about this. It's be from like, San you Francisco can't do or that with Portland. You can't or... you? You can't do an Earth Day story unless you're telling this story. You know what I'm? You know what I'm doing? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, there's a new movement out west. Craig, okay. care to care to guess what nope. it is? It in, it involves no, trees. I, no, I don't care to guess what it is. But we're not hugging the trees anymore. Somebody marry a tree. To protect it? No, no. We're, um... Somebody, uh... Well... A tree? It's really about the forest. We're going for baths in the forest. Okay. Forest bathing is what they call it. Okay. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. And there's a guy (laughs) in Sonoma County. I'm trying to find his name here. Amos Clifford. (laughs) <laughs> whose $15 paperback, Your Guide to Forest Bathing, has <laughs> climbed Jeez. to number 3,726 on the Amazon bestseller list. Ooh, with a bullet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'll, he'll, uh, yeah, for $50, he'll, he'll, uh, take you through an insanely slow walk through the woods. Jeez. A really, really slow walk through the woods so this sounds like hell <laughs> i don't want to go to the woods in the first place and now it's going to take forever oh yeah what's How, what okay is, he, is there says, what's what's says, the reason for the slow walk is that the bathing you're yeah supposed to, you're supposed you're, to drink you're literally nature taking a bath in 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 the essence of the forest as you walk silently through it and think about the trees and Why you can we... walk up and touch a tree oh. and ask it questions he can speak to speak no no to no trees. he's 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 encouraging other people to um he'll for thirty four hundred dollars he'll t- he'll uh teach you how to be a a forest uh bather um instructor so that you can then go off into a different forest presumably can I just from the one he's at can I just go on one of his bathing walks since they're so slow and take notes because <laughs> they're so slow and become an instructor that way learn how to do it uh-huh. yeah he says uh does he have a video <laughs> Talk to your tree. Okay. Jim. Find a tree that's your twin. Ask your twin about yourself. Jim's biting his lip off. Find out right all now. you can from your tree. Put your I, I, hand on your tree. Take your hold time it. to get to know your tree. Hold on. Are you asking the tree permission? <laughs> <laughs> this is San Francisco. Ex- ex- excuse me. Um, tree, may I touch you? Consent from the tree. Mm. Okay, I'm, I don't mm-hmm. mean to build. Hashtag tree too. Yeah, okay. Oh. oh. All right, Jim, unbite your lip and let's hear what you got to say. Uh, <laughs> I know he's just sitting there yeah. the whole time, just stifling. I mean, I mean, I mean, it, it took me down the rabbit hole of Shinrin Yoku, which is the thing of which this doofus is a protect- practitioner. And I want to be crystal clear. I spent 14 years in woolen tights in the middle of summer, <laughs> prancing about in a repurposed trailer, uh, uh, recreational trailer site <laughs> because I thought it looked like the Renaissance. I don't judge other people, their hobbies. Okay. Right. Do what you, do what you want to do. If oh, well, it's I, all consent. 
at Nurburger here, we encourage you to, as Ivan Van Norman says, express your hobby. There right. You there you go. Yeah. Be, you, you know, Frank Zapatatas, you know what you are. You are what you is. Let me put that to the side. <laughs> that said. But that, that said, <laughs> this guy, this is the dangerous stuff that gets me really wound up. Because <laughs> if you watch, if you go to the Shinrin Yoku, which forest bath guy wants to take you on, forget about the fact that it's rank hucksterism. Mm-hmm. That, no, it doesn't <laughs> do that. Let's go to the fact that if you go to Shinrin Yoku, it says that there's a substantial body. Oh, by the way, Shinrin Yoku means taking in the forest atmosphere or forest bathing. There is substantial scientific evidence, according to their website, that it cures cancer. Oh, my God. There is substantial evidence that it causes weight loss. Yep. There is substantial. What do all these things have in common? Trying to connect desperate people to hope. Are there oily snakes all over the floor of this forest? I, I boosted immune system, <laughs> reduced a, blood pressure. Is that a snake oil joke? ADHD. It was. I, 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 <laughs> we all saw it. Improved sleep, deeper and clearer intuition. Increased. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a th- that's a and thing now, you can work on, sure. And now, as a fifty-one-year-old man, now they're hitting me where I live. Increased flow of eros, <laughs> life force. Ooh, they're gonna they're gonna make my eros grow. Um, these are all bounce these off are the sad... bottom of the underside of the table. Thank you. These are this is a sad old man didn't find the satisfaction he wanted in life and is now peddling balloon juice to <laughs> in in these ranks in these ranks of things where the people are most desperate well i really like to eat and i'm kind of lazy and i can't lose weight i will walk in the forest or more horrifically my mother has stage 4 pancreatic cancer yeah i need hope mm-hmm. you know i need hope oh well, we have said, no, you don't. You have no evidence. Don't lie. You are lying and you are telling people in horrible, desperate situations. You want to go have a forest bath? Go with your bad self. Right. But, yeah. If you're, if you're going to bill it as like, hey, it's just it's a twist on a nature walk. And, you know, maybe it, maybe it might make you feel better, you know, to take it to, well. Right. To I like, you know, well. slow down your life and, you know, de-stress a little bit. But if you're. If if they're listing all this other stuff, the, the, the magical properties, and it's like going to the, you know, the the witch doctor in Mexico who's gonna pretend to pull some guts out of you know some slimy stuff out of a bucket and pretend that it's the tumor he's pulling out of your stomach with no evidence, right? Yeah, right. And, well, and it goes all the way back to when I was a kid when we talked about this thing called Laetrile. You know, when it was ground up peach pits. And everybody was going down to Mexico to get injected with it because it cured cancer. Oh, God. I've never even and heard of was, it. And this was, it's uh, L-A-E-T-R-I-L-E. Look it up. And the reason I'm very familiar, well, it was big news back in the late 70s, early 80s. And unfortunately, it was big news as my mother was dying of cancer. Uh. And, and and I can tell you that, yeah, when you're out there with yourself and your mom and you're confronting one of the worst things imaginable, you're reaching around for hope. Well, I guess your forest bath ain't so damn funny when you're lying to people. You know, when you're now 
yeah, you've got to, you've got to treat people. I mean, whether, and I, I'm against all of it. I'll go on record. I don't, I hate the healing stones. I hate the Reiki. I hate all that stuff. If it calms you, if it centers you, I get that. I really do. But I don't believe in faith healing. I don't believe in stone healing. I don't believe in tree healing. <laughs> I believe in medicine. That's what I believe in. You know, and to I'll quote Penn Jillette on this subject. We cured smallpox. What you got? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, yeah, this is, yeah. To his credit, the uh, the reporter, the author of this article, Steve Rubenstein, um, writes it in such a way. And I don't know if you've read the one I'm talking about, Jim, but it's very tongue in cheek. It's yes. not outright obvious like he's taking shots at this guy. But it's but there are several <laughs> instances where you can tell he's he's having fun with it. So well, good, good and, on and him. S- <laughs> someone finally clarified why we, you know, someone finally clarified um, a, a, a grizzly man to me, one of the greatest documentaries ever produced. Uh, it, we've talked about it, yeah. We've talked about it on the show. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Timothy Treadwell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Timothy Treadwell. The thing about Grizzly Man is. It's all about Timothy Treadwell making himself special. That Timothy Treadwell convinced himself that he was different, that he mattered. And the way that he was different, the way he mattered was because he could talk to bears. And because he had made himself special that way, it was impossible, inconceivable for him to concede to himself that that wasn't so. And that's why people like this guy hold so deeply to their belief. It's because it's what makes them different. It what's make it's what makes them it's what gives their lives purpose and meaning. So this yutz, <laughs> his whole life is centered around the fact that he can bathe in the in the juju of the trees. No, you can't, dude. You can go for a nice quiet walk, which is which has been pretty cool. I don't know since there were trees, but because he is so convinced and so committed, the only thing you can do, and it, it, to a certain point, it's necessary, is to mock them. Well, you know, I'm bathing in trees. No, you're not. And and I'm just glad that there are people out there. And, and fortunately, I think we're getting to a rationalist phase where people are at least willing to stand up and question that sort of thing. But, but, but the fact that he's charging that it doesn't it amaze you that he's not charging five cents like Lucy was for her psychiatric evaluation at Charlie Brown. He's charging 50 bucks. It's like that. <laughs> does that suggest that he's getting 50 bucks? Mm <clears throat> Because what should it be ten or five? Oh well, I mean, I mean, yeah. What's you know what? What are housing costs around? Yeah, <laughs> yeah the people, they have the but money. He does. You, he you don't the live Lorax. there. So you don't the have trees. the money. He could probably charge more. <laughs> he's, he's living in a hammock, three branches up. <laughs> also, Lucy occasionally had useful advice. But, right. Good point. Lucy on occasion would actually send Charlie on her on his way. If you if you say enough things, eventually you're going to say something that actually affects and helps somebody. Busted clock is right twice a day. Yeah, you can spray the area with bullets. Somebody's dying. <laughs> 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 yes. Um, do we have a little tiny Indiana Jones hat for this for this kid? Renee Schoen. I'm probably pronouncing these all wrong. Renee Shonen and his student Luca. Oh God. Luca 
Malashnitschenko. Malashnitschenko. Are reported to have been scouring a field with metal detectors in January on the German island of Rügen, close to Denmark, in the Baltic Sea, when they chanced upon what they believed at first to be a piece of aluminum. Aluminium. No, aluminum. Okay. On closer inspection, they uh, discovered that it was, in fact, silver, and then they went and got... uh, got it all looked at and everything and realized that apparently they have come across a unique stash of lost treasure thought to be associated with the Danish king, Harry Bluetooth. Now, I know what you're thinking. It's not that kind of Bluetooth. This is the Bluetooth who brought Christianity to Denmark in the 10th oh, century. Was, he's not the king that wore, wore his crown on his ear. No, it's like not Like a douchebag. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they found like a, uh, a, a stash of... Silver coins? King, King Harry's stuff. Um, uh, uh, coins, a, a number of kind of trinket-looking kind of decoration-type things. It looks like... I'm just looking at a photograph here that looks like there's a... Is, is, is it called a toque? Is that it? The the neck thing? Yes. Mm-hmm. It's like a necklace, but it's solid. Mm-hmm. It's like a ring Okay, that you wear around your neck. Um, a number of things, yeah. They found... Uh, I think he needs to get outfitted with a little, little leather jacket. Sure. And, in a, a mini whip, <laughs> a little hat and a whip. Yeah, you know, he's a, totally. Uh, he was. He was. He was just. They were just out scouting, and they came across like out of nowhere, King Harry's stuff <laughs> on this island that had been left there. Well, I, you know, I'm always amazed because, as as we know, before the invention of banks, which all this predates, and letters of credit and things like that, currency and money is held exclusively as specie. And specie was not just, you know, bricks or bars. It was formed into objects, sometimes for ease of portability. And, you know, you could come up with a weight. And I'm, it, that's why it's always interesting to me. And I saw this article to see where they find these things. Because very often, they're not in the convenient bank where the king left them. They're in the ditch by the side of the road where they got run <laughs> down by the marauders. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're in some field somewhere. You know, it's uh, there's a I, when I was in Birmingham, England, the last time they found a hoard in a farmer's field. It's an absolutely huge hoard of pre-Anglo-Saxon gold, and it was just they just kept digging and digging and digging, and it was little piece, little piece, little piece, and they painstakingly put a lot of the more elaborate pieces together. And it is just some lovely, gorgeous stuff, incredibly valuable stuff. But they honestly don't know why it's there. You know, they don't know why it wound up there. They have some theories, but it's not as if this was the great king's treasure room. Eh, It seems much more like he was on the run. (laughs) You know, history is funny that way. The, the horse hit a bump and it fell out. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, it's, it's, you know, the stuff, the stuff that wound up in the banks or in the, in the protected areas, that stuff we got a pretty good accounting for. It's the stuff that we've lost that we're mm-hmm. sitting there going, where did that wind up? Yep. It's all in a, in a cave near Astoria, Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> so I've heard. Oh, so Jim. Yes. What else you got here? What are we talking about? Well, I it's well we, first thing we rolled first, you I, in here to help out. You uh, as you, always fired like 117 suggestions for topics at us. We had to whittle <laughs> that down. 
Jim, uh, Jim the brings Jim brings bathing wasn't even on there. Jim brings content, <laughs> baby. All right, I'll, I'm going to move quick because I got a couple of things I want to get to that just bounced into my email from friends. Number one, have you seen? And this is this is an article according to Slashdot, which I do take as a legitimate source. The Eventbrite terms of use. You no. know what Eventbrite is, yeah? Mm, sure. That's a, one of those things, you can, for those that don't know, it's one of these things where you can go online and say, Jim's having a birthday party. Yeah. You know, we're and it, it lets me send out easy emails to you guys and say, who's going to come, who's not, what are the plans, all these things. Right. Yeah. It's well, like, it's like the whole Facebook, I'm having a thing and, and I'm inviting right. you and you're responding, except it's not on Facebook. <laughs> right. The, right. Right. It's, it's, it's a, it's a little email app thing you use. A little bit of life's convenience. Well, check out this phrase from their EULA, which just got caught by the folks at Slashdot. This is brand new as of, let's see, what's the date? Oh, yesterday. Good. You, The user, the individual using Eventbrite, grants permission to Eventbrite and its agents to enter onto and remain on the premises where your event is hosted with personnel and equipment for the purpose of photographing and recording the premise, both internally and externally, in connection with the production of digital content on the date of your events, and any other dates reasonably requested by Eventbrite. What? So they, they, want, they want to get their marketing materials at your party. No, they reserve the right to go to your party and film it. Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but for yeah. what purpose? For marketing. Well, right. They're gonna, oh, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're going to market my birthday part or, you know, say, look at the wonderful thing that happened with Jim's birthday. But, but what's great about that is the tag at the end about if we need to come back later on another day, <laughs> what? Right. we're going to come back. Well, what? But party's not going to be there. <laughs> oh, no, you're going to put the party back on. You're going to save all those decorations. You're going to get another cake. You're going to get all those people to come back in the same clothes. <laughs> but in addition, you are granting them the right to, quote, record and use footage of all attendees and speakers in any manner, in any medium or context now known or hereafter developed without further authorization from or compensation to the event organizer. So they can do like a, they can film holograms and stuff later when those get invented later. The media isn't, isn't limited to, to, to today's media. Now I will first stipulate that I cannot imagine an event on Eventbrite that I would create that they'd actually want to film. <laughs> I, I, I I'm trying to, trying to picture what I do that would get them. So in, Ooh, let's go to Jim's thing. But at the same time, why would they think anybody would use them? Hmm. I mean, you know, you're going to presume to crack. Can you, and I want to know what this looks like. Hello, Miss, hello, Mr. Campbell. I'm Jim and I'm from Eventbrite. <laughs> I hear you have a nerd burger party going on. We've got a crew outside, just about 14 guys, lights, cameras, generators, and, and boom mics. We're going <laughs> to just come on in and film your nerd burger event. All right. Thanks. Come on, boys. Come on. Come on. Let's put it over there. Move the dog. <laughs> <laughs> our yeah our our uh our uh, uh camera crane won't won't fit in your living room so we're gonna have to cut a hole in the wall <laughs> I <don't, laughs> uh, we're gonna have to ooh that window is gonna have to stay open because we've got to run some wiring in there sure and uh what your 
you're 110, aren't you here? Ooh, that's not going to go. We're going to have to pipe straight into the pole. Can I, what, what, what event, right? Again, always remember a grown human or humans had to sit down and draft this. It then had to be reviewed many times. These are lawyers mm-hmm. and ha- had to be sent through. And nobody, nobody stood up and said, ah, uh, aren't people going to be mad if we try to do this? What if someone actually reads this thing? When, and it and, gets and nobody reads these things. <laughs> it's why the kids on South Park got put into a freaking human, uh, human, centi- pad, human centipede <laughs> thing by Steve Jobs because nobody reads their iPad terms of terms of service. And nobody reads the EULA. <laughs> oh my goodness! I I just. Like I say, I understand we're talking an edge case that they'd ever be interested in my life, but good gracious, guys, <laughs> you're just not getting into my life that way. You're just not. And I, <laughs> I had, a, I had a friend, an attorney, just retired from the city. He used Eventbrite. He's an attorney. Yeah. I guess he was betting, betting on the fact that his. We went to a Mediterranean restaurant. We were all eating, sitting around eating pitas with falafel. That they weren't going to be that interested to go, excuse me, Mr. Muckable. But I just, I saw that. I just wondered who these people are that think these things up. The whole, <laughs> we're going to show up at your house with a film crew and, and, and you know, impose ourselves on your property and your party thing is bad enough. But that person was is the person who signed up on Eventbrite. Like, what if, what about, you know, grandma who doesn't even have a computer who, you know... Or maybe she, you know, she's got like enough of a t- feature phone with a touch screen that she's able to, you know, click yes, I'm coming to your thing, or you know, her 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 kid was able to do it for her, and now all of a sudden she's signed up for this. That's the real creepy thing about this, where where they say that anyone you invite who comes right. to this thing now is 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 has to abide by these terms or is subject to, to this crap. That's the real in in my opinion that's I, that's I the, the the worst part of it because those people it's, i mean do you can you accept an event bright event bright invitation without actually signing up for an account at event bright you know what i'm looking outside right now and i'm reminded of the line it was a bright cold day in april and the clocks were striking 13 there you go <laughs> there you go 1984 and the, and, and, Oh, Eventbrite is uh, Big Brother. <laughs> They're going to come in and record everything and, about you. And everything smelled like cabbage. <laughs> I just, I, I always love the fact that that's how, that's how Orwell thought to describe dysfunction. Everything <laughs> smelling like cabbage. of cabbage. <laughs> I'm not, or, to, or as Weird Al put it, I hate sauerkraut. So. <laughs> the, uh, what? I thought Weird what, what? Al was cool. Does he really hate sauerkraut? You never heard his song Albuquerque? Of course I have. The whole thing? Well, you li- you listen to the whole the thing, whole right? What's the whole point of the song? <laughs> he tells us at the very end. Oh, I, I forgot about that. Yeah. I hope I hope I hope that's just for, you know, for fun for the song I'm and that sure. he doesn't really I'm feel sure. Well, I didn't have a chance. Uh he was here in Milwaukee 2 weeks ago <laughs> went to see him. Oh yeah, you uh, you mentioned that you were going. Uh, I think the last time you were just on, so so good. Yeah, I mean, just just first of all, the fact that he's fifty. First of all, Emo Phillips, who opened for him, 
<laughs> still funny. Oh my god. Uh, but Al is almost sixty and still just kills, just kills. Um, yeah. And in fact, Albuquerque, when he got to that point at the very end where he screams, "I hate sauerkraut," that's also <laughs> a part of the song where he seem he says he professes to have lost the plot, to have forgotten what's going on, because this song has got to be what nine minutes long, ten minutes long. That's so great, he gets a, to the, he gets to that song. part of the so- <laughs> he, he gets to the part of Albuquerque. That's the one. He gets to that part of the song in the concert, and he goes, "Ah, I uh, <laughs> wow, I forgot. Well, all right. Well, let's start over." And the band is so tight, <laughs> they immediately drop into the first notes of the song and start all over again. Wow. <laughs> so, how long is the total performance of the song? Uh, pre- well, here's the thing. Minutes. They get about another minute and a half into it because they could do the first minute and a half of the song again. Yeah. <laughs> and then, the and then Al Eno- finally... enough to make you think that they really are going to play the whole thing. Yeah. And then Al <laughs> just goes, wait, wait, wait. I remember. Nice. And the crowd blows up. Um, no, it was. It was oh, and there's for the for the whole Nurburger universe. I will tell you that the, the there are several A plus moments for me, but certainly one of them. He always does Yoda for his encore. Sure. <laughs> and there's a line in Yoda towards the end. Um, let's see here. I but I know that I'll be coming back someday. I'll be playing this part till I'm old and gray. Yep. In the song, it's a that's a big moment. It's a bridge moment in the song. It's swelling music. All this other stuff. And right as he's doing the, you know, he says, I'll be playing this part till I'm old and gray. The band stops. The spotlight hits Al. And he says, called it in 1980. Just saying. <laughs> and he keeps <laughs> Wow. <laughs> it's true. Oh, Mark, yeah. Mark is playing that part. Old and gray. Yeah. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and oh yeah, the the crowd just fell apart. Um, great, great show. So yeah, Albuquerque hates sauerkraut all the way back to cabbage. That's the way the okay, world smells. Yep. And, Moving on. Next. And, well, wait, wait. Uh, oh, what, uh, uh, what, uh, observation on on Weird Al, very quick. Sure. Weird, Weird Al Yankovic's music career, it will go down in history. Mark my words. I'm gonna a prediction here, my mm-hmm. own, uh, as as the greatest use of an architecture degree ever. <laughs> Yeah. See, see, this obliges me to do the the brief Lynn Manuel Miranda story, who, when interviewed by Conan O'Brien, Conan O'Brien asked him, "You have met the Queen of England. You have met Barack Obama. Who intimidated you?" And he replied, "Weird Al Yankovic." Wait, who he is said, this? Weird... The guy who wrote Hamilton. Oh, 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 okay. Yeah, he he said Weird Al was the reason that he said there is no Hamilton without Weird Al because he showed me what music was or what music could be. And when I finally got a chance to meet him, I walked into his house and I was so excited and so stressed. I didn't know what to do. He meets me. He couldn't be nicer. I look at him. I walk into his house. I go, oh, you used to be an architect. Did you design this house? And Al looked at him and said, no, but thanks. (laughs) (laughs) He never really was an architect. No. He graduated, no. but he never, I don't think he ever actually worked as one. No, but be, be, by the time he had graduated, he had already cut, he had sure. already had uh, my Bologna out there. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, he was recorded, there. So recorded in the bathroom with an accordion. Recorded in the <laughs> toilet with an accordion. And now he's doing world tours. Why not? That's why we love him. So um, that reminds me, I, we need to get some uh, some accordion music for the show. <laughs> hey Kurt, get up the some next, polka music, next, some good polka music. Hey Kurt, next uh, instrument for you to learn. Next next odd instrument for you to there learn you how go. to play. Yeah, accordion. Make it happen. Is there like a practice accordion thing you can get? Like that the That's called a squeeze box. There you go. That yeah. little and it brings us back around to sea shanties and sailors and stuff. A little just, you know that thing. Yeah, yeah. Got one of those in my got one of those in the other room. Yeah. Hey, uh, I do. I believe you. Calm down. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of speaking of the polka music and the uh the snow that you had there, Jim, did you shoot anything through your snowblower? Oh, geez, no. Got lucky this time. Last year, no. Last year, no. I burnt near... No, I wish I was making this up. Yeah, everybody does I it. Per... I burnt near shot a chipmunk through the snowblower. Oh, he, he had been hibernating, and we had put out some seed for the birds, and he thought it was for him. And I saw this little thing moving about two inches in front of the rotors. Oh, God. <laughs> And I went out and I pushed him away and I went, oh, you almost got shot through the snowblower. <laughs> you almost got pureed. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know boy. if either, either of you heard that on this past week, the, the, uh, the tax day segment, but they no. had probably the funniest one it was a guy called in and, uh, and caught the Christmas lights on his neighbor's house. Right, because he was, he and was the, the snow reason, blowing out his neighbor's sure, driveway. And, and, and doing a nice re- thing. But but the reason he noticed it was all of a <laughs> yeah. sudden, the he saw out of the corner of his eye, the the strings of lights start come flying off the house. <laughs> yeah, they were, he was pulling the staples out of the edge, out of the, uh, yeah, out of the fascia yeah. on, the, on the edge of the roof. And he's pulled, like, so, the, so there's the this brief in. moment where he's like, what the hell's going on? Oh, it's in the snowblower. So, so his neighbor, yeah. So basically, his neighbor had the lights up on the on the roof that connected down to probably night lights uh, uh, on some shrubbery or something, yeah, or an extension on a walkway or something, or something yeah. like that. And he hit the lights down there, or the extension cord, and just whoop, like, <laughs> right off the top edge of the roof. Here I was trying All wound to be neighborly. Up inside. <laughs> oh, I must have busted them shear pins there. <laughs> You you can't save those. You got to just get in there with wire cutters and clip those out of there. Oh, oh, you oh mean no. the, that's, get that's in there not going to be. That ain't for that. <laughs> Replace that sheep in there with a couple of ten penny nails. <laughs> like the one uh, guy did. Anyway, moving <laughs> on. What else have we got? We're not going to get through all of Jim's stuff here today. No, no. I uh, I I figured I'd do this one and then we then we go visit with Sam because this one's pretty quick. I just wanted to share this. Um. I've talked in the past with you guys about the fact that we're at a very weird and wonderful place in the history of games. And it's it's just raining games. If you are a tabletop gamer, you, it, it would be painful if we're really raining games. But if it's they're just coming with such frequency that it's hard to keep up. And all of a sudden across my desk passes this, this my desktop passes this game and I scroll past it. It's called John Company. Okay. And I went, wait a minute, John Company is the name that they used throughout the 18th century for the British East India Company. Mm-hmm. And I scroll back and I go, oh my God, it's a game about <laughs> the British East India Company. And I went, okay, how did we get here? <laughs> because that there's a game for everything. <laughs> that this is a thing. 
because, and, because and, Jim, there are people that love history and games about history are fun. And that's why war games are so cool. But there's people out there who aren't into the war side of things and in, instead are digging on the commerce side of things. I, I guess that's a logical conclusion to draw. But this but the British East India Company. Now, don't get me <laughs> wrong. I'm not trying to make it go away. I want there to be more like this. But then I, I actually got in touch with the guy who designed it, Cole Worley, the guy who designed this game. He's got a PhD in a period pretty close to mine, except his emphasis is economic. So this was sort of his expression of his dissertation. Hmm. And it's an incredible game. It's a, more a Euro game than a war game, so to speak. But I had the question. I said, so I'm just curious, knowing from either one of you guys, if I came to your door, knocked in your door, and I had in my hands the game John Company, would you guys play it with me? How long does it take to play? Um, once you've learned the rules or the first learning game? First learning game. First learning game, hour and a half. Yeah, I'll, I'll, play, I'll play that game with you. Okay. All right, so you would give that a shot? Sure, why not? Okay. I haven't heard from the what's, other one. What's the, I, I said yes. I said I would. Oh, okay. What's okay. The, here's the worst that could happen. Um, I play the game. I don't like it. I punch you in the face, throw you out on the streets, you know, just fling the game pieces <laughs> everywhere and tell you to never darken my doorstep again. That's the worst thing that could happen. That's the worst. That's the bad well, side. You've, of just, you've just ensured that Jim will come here <laughs> to ask us to play the game. <laughs> so, and, and, and I, I just, and so what is it? What, what is it? Craig, I, you've said this before, but is it just the time piece for you or is it subject matter? Is it mechanics? I don't know. I don't know very much about the time piece. I don't know very much about. I know nothing about the mechanics. Number one, I I just want to sit down at a table and play a game with you sometime. I haven't seen you in person in a long time. Um, (laughs) Number two, I'll give it a shot. Yeah, I'll pretend. I may. I may may discover that the, uh, you know, what what kind of what period in time are we looking at here? Give me a give me a range. Uh, Latter half seventeenth century to the late nineteenth, depending. Well. Let's say six. Let's say 1750 to 1850. Okay, so I uh, I may come to discover that you know 17th century um, economic euro games aren't my bag, and and and, and that's okay because there's other types of games out there that are my bag, and there are other people out there who will dig that game. That's fine. I'll try playing it. I played uh, Machikoro, and I was like, I don't know if I'm going to like this. I'm, you know, I, I I get a little hesitant with anything Japanese because it's usually got a bit of the culture and the flavor, and I just don't study that, so I don't know it very well, so I don't get a lot of it. And then we sat down, and I played it with Dave because Dave um, uh, <laughs> sold it to me as it's like Monopoly but fun. Right, that's exactly <laughs> what people say about Machikoro. Yep, <laughs> it's an economic, you know, it's a real estate game that's yeah. fun. Right. <laughs> and that ends. Yeah, in a reasonable amount of time. Yeah. But so uh, I yeah, would... I'd try it out. Sure, why not? Will I back it? No, you got to bring it up here, down here. Oh yeah, no, no, no. I get that. No, no. I, I don't expect you to to come out of the you know to come out into the backer pile. And I don't even know if this one was kickstarted. I think Sierra Madre, which does mostly historical games, uh, they don't typically go to Kickstarter. I don't know if this did or it didn't. I put I picked it up retail, and I just love it to pieces. Uh, I'm curious with your with your partner over there. What's your what's your delimiter on board games? What do you mean delimiter? I mean, so what 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 tells you? Oh, I'm not going there. <laughs> um, if uh, it takes longer than about nine, you know, I, 
I can deal with like the first time playing something. I could I could cope with two hours, but I want the play time to be more like an hour, hour and a half tops. Hour and hour and a half is what you're looking for. That's what right? I prefer. And um, if it's a game that takes 50% of the time to play it, to set it up, I'm not interested. You know, yeah, if it's like a, absolute, if, that's the nice thing here. If it's a reasonable very, amount of setup, it's not like this thing that you got to have like an extra large dining room table and it's got a billion pieces. Like I want a well, game has, that's this, reasonable. This, this does have pieces. It does have the piece thing going on, but uh, setup ran first time less than five minutes. Huh? Yeah, that's, that's fine. Bad. But I've I've seen games that are like you know okay setup's going to take you twenty minutes. Like eh, oh yeah, I'm already oh, I'm already not interested in playing this game. Oh, we talked about. I, yeah. I've talked to the Nerdburger about Talisman, so yeah, yeah, I, mean, yeah, I get that. Okay, because I was just, I was, this is one that, I, I, this is seriously a game that Jim could see himself walking around conventions, holding it up at his chest level with an earnest expression going, will you play John Company with me? <laughs> <laughs> because I love, the, the thing I love most about the game, I think, is that John Company, the, the East India Company, becomes almost a separate entity that's running independent of the players. The players play families who are investing in the East India Company. And they've got to keep it moving while at the same time, time trying to screw everybody else. <laughs> and at the same time, there's this politics thing going on over in India where India is kicking the British out, rebelling opening itself up to trade, China, you know, all these things are going on. And so all these families are trying to help each other because there's a mutual interest in seeing the company succeed. But at the same time, there's only can be one winner. And it's, uh, and it's got a lot of the history. It's got a lot of the great choices. So it's, I, I'm just amazed that we get to do this sort of thing. I think it's possible. <laughs> no, I just find myself envisioning Jim, you know, cause I know, I know him pretty well. <laughs> he's got his, his little convention gear outfit on and he's got his little board game up at his chest and he's walking around little Jimmy walking around a convention, <laughs> yes. looking for people to play it. Yep. Yep. hundred <laughs> percent. That's what I'm picturing. Now, are you going to take that? Or- you going to take that to any old convention? You're going to take that to like a war gaming convention. Cause I reckon you get your ass kicked if you do that at a war gaming convention. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Origins <laughs> is Origins is my big con. I'm, I'm going to be gone there in June, right? And uh, I will definitely have it down there with me. Oh, I'm not going to make it to Origins this year. Maybe next year. Oh, we will be there. I know, I know. Although I think I might have to do Gen Con next year too. Ooh. Uh, it all kind of depends on some things that happen this year because I don't have a lot of con convention time left. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have. Yeah, I don't have a lot of vacation floating right now. I blew through a want. <laughs> anyway, let's talk to let's let's uh, let's talk Sammy. Oh hey, uh, Sammy uh, peeps. Uh, what, real, huh? real quick, Jim, did did you watch the uh, the series Taboo? Uh no, but it's definitely on my mark to watch it. Yes, yes. Uh, British East India Company. Yep, figures heavily. Yep. Oh, yep. That's that's that is why I, I must see it. We just finished up Altered Carbon. I've not seen that. Uh. Well, see, this is one of the topics I was actually going to send along. Uh, James Purifoy, who also played Mark Antony in uh, Rome, mm-hmm. is a central character there. And the, my big takeaway from James Purifoy in Altered Carbon, and really all his roles, is that he looks at the director and doesn't so much ask as say, I should be naked in this scene, right? <laughs> <laughs> he, gets na- he, he gets naked a lot, does he? He is very eager to show us his parts. <laughs> very eager. Yeah, Tom Hardy's got that going on a little too. Yeah. 
no, Ultra Carbon is really, really, really good. Uh, enjoyed it a lot. But yes, Taboo is on the list. But no, my guy Sam. Uh, for for those who are following along at home, Samuel Pepys, great diarist, uh, high government official in the Naval Administration under Charles II. And we've been making our way with him through the years. And that takes us to uh, May the 23rd, 1661, shortly after the restoration of Charles II. <clears throat> in my black silk suit, the first day I had put it on this year, to my Lord Mayor's by coach, with a great deal of honorable company and great entertainment. At table, I had a very good discourse with Mr. Ashmole, wherein he did assure me that frogs and many insects do often fall from the sky, ready formed. Dr. Bates's singularity in not rising up nor drinking nor the king's nor other hells at the table was very much observed. From thence we all took coach and to our office, and there we sat until late, and so I home and to bed by daylight. This day was kept a holy day throughout the town, and it pleased me to see the little boys walk up and down in procession with their broom staffs in their hands, as I had myself long ago done. So, Sam decides to go out for the evening to the Lord Mayor's house, where he meets one of my favorite persons in the whole of English history, Mr. Ashmole. The, now, this is Ashmole, the great antiquarian, who I'm apparently... I'm sorry, Mr. Mr. what? Mr. Ash... His name Ashmole. Ashmole, okay. Yes. And this is the guy that, that suggested to, to Sammy that baby bugs and frogs get delivered by storks? Yeah, well, they drop fully formed from the sky. <laughs> science! <laughs> That's science! <laughs> 1660s science. 1661. And you got to imagine this guy saying this with dead seriousness. Straight face. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, you know, Samuel. <laughs> with a that's sniff, snifter, of, snifter of cognac in one hand and a. Right, right, right. A cigar, <laughs> a cigar in the other. And a monocle. A smoking jacket. <laughs> Samuel, Samuel, you know, bugs form often fully formed and drop thence from the sky. And Sam, I, you just, I, I always wonder what Sam's response was. Was it. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, it would be it would be mhm mm and then he slowly turns. <laughs> <laughs> the camera goes with him to uh You're... talk to somebody else. Sammy seems You're... like the kind of guy who who at this point has has the fake laugh down pat. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, surviving or you just look at him and go, "You're one of those tree bathing guys, aren't you?" <laughs> <laughs> You're, you you think you can cure cancer by hugging an ash tree. Um, yeah, so so from and then they, there was noted that doc, then so we, we know that. But then we noticed that Dr. Bates, who they went with, he did not drink the king's health. Well, um, well, ooh, ooh, Dr. Yeah. Bates is going down bad book. That's in the bad Mike's book. Look, Mike's looking at me with He's, furrowed brow. He's uh, abstaining. No, uh, there's a tradition in Britain that uh, goes on for hundreds and hundreds of years. At dinner, you just start drinking toasts. He did not drink uh, during and the toast oh, to the king. Oh, oh, ooh. ooh. Yeah, and the king had just been restored. Wait, so he was drinking. He just... He did not well, raise his he glass inten intentionally? Like he doesn't like the king? Yeah, it's potentially. Like, and and yeah. one, of the, one of the games that was played regularly at table was looking around and saying, 
Wait a minute. Who's drinking the toast and who isn't? <laughs> that's a that's a good way to get your ass drawn and quartered. That that, that yeah. there is. That's we've talked about that. That's, that's a thing. We've talked about that uh, in in Sammy's diary before. He's oh, going yes. to see those. This is oh, still yes. happening. That's so is there? A, that's a good way to get in that line. Is there like a you know George R R Martin's great 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 grandfather sitting there taking notes, making sure he 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 you know, writes down what everyone does and everyone eats and everyone drinks at every at moment particular of, the, feast, of yeah. the dinner. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I Look, not drinking a toast or drinking a health, that was actually quite the social faux pas that could be get you chatted about. <laughs> oh, yes. And if it wound up in the wrong place, you could actually be asked. It was, you know, you could be, you could wind up in front of Privy Council being asked, Did you so why, not? <laughs> why exactly didn't you drink the king's health? You know what was are what was the some, problem? Are you some kind of freaking communist? <laughs> right. In like today's well, not today's well, right? like right. 1960s parlance, like right. Yeah. What would the Cold equivalent War. be? <laughs> you are some... you now or have you ever been a member of the Communist Party? Yeah. So then, and then it's this, and it's always bears remembering. He gets to bed by daylight, so he's staying out late. Party animal. Oh yeah. Well, and and their lives were lived that way. Well, his wife, then, his 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 relationship with his wife isn't all that great. We've established this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's got to stay. Out he's got better that. chances. Yeah, roaming the streets. But then he gets up in the morning, and it's a holy day. It's declared a holy day. And does Sam rush off to church? <laughs> no, he does not. He gets up late and looks out the window, and sees the boys marching about the streets, making a little fun, silly parade procession with broomsticks, just like I did when I was a kid. So I just kind of picture him with a bad hangover thinking, <laughs> Jesus, who sat me next to Ashmole? I swear. This is dick bugs. <laughs> yeah, I really don't feel, feel like cutting in line today. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't feel like being a dirty line cutter in yeah. church. I don't feel like dealing with the line. I'm just going to stand here and watch the boys mark, march through the snowy streets of London. So that is, that's our visit with our guy, Sam Peeps. And then later that day, he goes out and clears out all the frogs that fell overnight. <laughs> yeah. All Gotta right. Tidy up the yard. Yeah, sweep away the stick. <laughs> How many inches of frogs did you get yesterday? <laughs> oh, jeez. Why don't you shoot through the snowblower? Why don't you shoot through your frog blower? <laughs> <laughs> snowblower you go out there and blow all the frogs away <laughs> that'll make a mess oh it was 32 degrees the, the, the wet heavy frogs <laughs> it was good packing frogs we made a frog man oh I made a frog fort they went frog fort there jamming you. her up <laughs> gotta shovel that bottom three inches of slush slushy frog well you know that's why you have to go out there and frog blow multiple times when it's that kind of frog you can't just go out at the end and try to frog blow it all at once you can't just sit at the window and watch the kids play <laughs> you know how this works samuel <laughs> and then it's gonna get mixed up with the stick bugs and then what do you got <laughs> Do we have a Kevin question? <laughs> Excuse me. Yes, we do. Oh, boy. Frog blower. 
<laughs> patent it. Million dollar idea if the uh, you know plague ever comes. Fifty nine question. What's your stance on people who say point three miles instead of three tenths of a mile? <laughs> Jeez, I think it makes people sound dumb. I feel the same way about a hundred versus one hundred. It should be an hundred anyway. <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. P.S. Tell Kurt I'll decide which questions to ask. I will get to people having conversations at rock concerts when I am good and ready. <laughs> Kurt is <laughs> on notice. <laughs> okay, so there's the point three miles Jeez. versus the three tenths of a mile. Does that make people sound dumb? And also the a hundred versus one hundred and an hundred. Um, Kevin, do you know what people mean when they say point three miles? Sounds like maybe he's just a little confused. <laughs> Doesn't want people to say it that way because it throws him off. Um, I have no opinion on the matter. Jim, do you? I don't know as I've ever said point three miles. Decimals versus fractions. I'm trying to think. What's the right way? I always way? use the decimals with money. Right? And it's, you got yeah, point, well uh, once you're point over two a million. five dollars. <laughs> You know, it's it, yeah. I don't say Shave point two five dollars. Point two five dollars. Point two five dollars is a quarter. And I also don't. Yeah, that's what two bits is, though, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'm also thinking about. Cents. You know, it, it, obviously, it's three point five million dollars. I oh, get that. Sure, that's sure. what we always talk about. I don't say three point three and a half million. I say three point five. But with distance, I I don't know as I've used. I say quarter mile, half a mile. Yeah, I guess I don't use I don't use decimals, so I am not I I am not to be accused. I will not be accused. <laughs> I I I agree. I I always use fractions of a mile and not decimals. Although I thought about this, and it sounds really bad if you are if it's less than a mile. If you're just saying, I was going to say, point I'm, I'm running it in or, my head right now. I think I would. Sounds I think I'm better. Good with, I'm good with the fractions when you're when you're below when you're below one, one full. And, and once you get to like either, how far is it, you know, to the, mm. you know, to the shakies, to the shakies restaurant, it's, yeah. you know, 17.3 oh, okay. miles. Sure. Right. Well, Google Maps says that it's. Yeah, nobody's doing. Yeah, that's true. I mean, now that we live in the miles. Same... But yeah, how far, live... how far it is to the post office down the street? Well, that's like a quarter mile. Yeah. A mile and a half. But don't we now, because we have Google Maps and because we have all the other stuff, don't we do it in terms of time? How long it takes you to get there? I do that too. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I call yeah. distances and times. Like how far how, is it to my mother-in-law's house? So it's an hour and a half. Yeah. How far is it from Milwaukee? You know, when I lived in Milwaukee, how far was it to visit the folks? Three hours. Well, it depends. Right. You know, is it the distance you're asking about, or how, or are you concerned about actually getting there? Right. Yeah. But I, yeah, I will not be blamed on the decimal thing. I will mm-hmm. not. Um, Kevin, I think you should convene a council. Put together uh, your, um, you know, a a. Uh, a partisan council of people who believe all the different ways, and we will get together and we will we will talk about it this this summer, and we will uh, we'll have a summit, and we will come to a consensus, and we will let the world know. Kevin, get on that. The the he, he brings up a good point. We don't have a good answer for it. We, <clears throat> this needs to be decided. Kevin, get to work. What should we call that? The Council of Mile C? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was bad. What about a hundred versus one hundred? Well, what's the context? Yeah, I How many things do I have? I have 100 things. I have 100 things. Either one of them works for me. 
Oh, Again, I think maybe we need to count some. It's nice. Yeah. Summit. The, the thing that drives me crazy is Hunnard, Hunnard. H-U-N-N-E-R-D. Oh, you stepped on my toes there. <laughs> I was going to say Kevin's Kevin's wrong. It's neither. He's, he's asking three guys from Wisconsin. It's a Hunnard. Yeah. yeah, it is. A-H-U-N-N-E-R-D, a Hunnard. Hey, Kevin, take this. It's 0.7 miles up Highway 100. <laughs> <laughs> Suck it! <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> you knew we had that, right? I <laughs> know. Uh, because no. <laughs> you didn't say anything about it before. No. Yeah. yeah. Well. Or 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 if you're really gonna gonna get nuts, and you know that you have already gone twelve thousand miles, and now you've gone one more thousand miles, how far have you gone? One more thousand miles. You've gone twelve thousand miles, and you've gone a thousand miles more. Oh, How you far have you gone? I went thirteen thousand miles. Thirteen thousand, yeah. <laughs> thirteen thousand. I got hung up on. Is this one of those brain teaser things where you think no, you know the no. answer, but it's really something else? No, it was. Just it's, ult- it's ultimately Mad Dog Vishan. What? <laughs> Mad Dog Vishan is the one. That's the person who spoke like that. That Bob is always making fun of on the radio show. Mad Dog Vishon. He's a wrestler. Oh. The Wild Bull of the Pampas. He was he was a, a regional wrestler back in the days before the WWF, okay. before Vince McMahon um, combined everything. But when it was all just when there was like you know what is it like twenty seven regional wrestling yeah. areas right. around the country before Always. anything went national. Because saying your ths as ts is a is a Chicago thing, so that's 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 a more up Kevin's alley. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that right? When I wake up, well, I know I'm gonna be, I'm so, Jim, thank you for joining us on Nerdburger this week. Oh, oh it's a real great pleasure. Thanks. <laughs> Mike, where can they find us? They can find us at nerdburgershow.com, at nerdburgershow on the Twitters and the Facebook. Email us, nerdburgershow at gmail.com, and... Uh, you can go to nerdburgergames.com for game stuff and drivethroughrpg.com for buying the game stuff. What are you doing, man? What? They just got to the chorus. <laughs> I didn't do anything. It stopped. 5,000. You stopped it. Yeah, I suck. Did it? I don't know what happened. It's it's uh, it's stuck in the tape deck in your Fiero. <laughs> it is. You can't get it out, right? <laughs> Come on. Jeez. <laughs> All right, let's rock and roll out of here. Uh, okay. Screech! Oh, now it's my turn? Okay, yeah. In, <laughs> insert record scratch here. <laughs> On the next episode of Nerdburger, Craig runs another Kickstarter. This time he invites people to the launch party via Eventbrite. Uh-oh. Film away, Eventbrite. Free advertising. Woo! 1,064. The magic number is 1,065. 1,064 would be double. Oh, okay. The last Kickstarter. <coughs> Why is double Pardon the magic me? number? Because we doubled it last time. 
Let's double it again some. this time. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I see. 1065 would be the magic number for the next Kickstarter, which is never, ever going to happen for one of my games. <laughs> Moving on. I'll, uh, real quick, um, the, the Anne hundred thing, I can't believe you didn't jump all over that oh, grammar guy. What? Yeah, no, no, I, I, I am on that. I just, it, the hundred thing is a far bigger <laughs> deal to me. I can only fight the fights I've got. Yeah. I actually looked at the, the Anne hundred one up. Uh-huh. Cause I know that there's the, the debate between an historic and a historic. It's, it's an historic. Stop it. Well, it all it all it all goes back to he told um, you. whether or not that word used to be pronounced with or without the H. Because technically, Correct. the rule is if the H is pronounced, it is a. I whatever. understand that. If it is not pronounced, it counts as a vowel sound, and therefore it you is find, an whatever. Find me a British person living that pronounces that H. Oh, right now, yeah, no, no, most 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 of them don't. But um, that used to be the case with the word. Hundred also, although uh-huh. that has yeah. largely gone away. So Kevin is actually technically histor- uh, historically correct. <laughs> Except that right. language is a living and breathing thing, and it changes over the course of time. And people say things <clears throat> a certain way, and that's what it becomes accepted to say it that way. And that's you know, you just kind of how you have to deal with it. But this language is alive. Miriam Webster says, um, as as a general rule, um, do it however you feel. <laughs> exactly. His Thanks, Miriam Webster. His language is alive. Yeah. Right. It's alive. 